the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you joined me. I hope your new year is really turning out and and walking itself out and that you're excited about it, because I am excited about this new year. I said in the last, uh, last week, I was sitting in church on Sunday, and I thought, how awesome it is that this year, this year, 2017, starts on the Lord's Day. So I think that's something that we can really think about, that this year started on the Lord's Day and that we have God walking with us throughout every minute of every day. He is with us. Even if he isn't perceived by us, he is with us. He tells us he never leaves us. He tells us he will not abandon us. He won't forsake us. And so if you didn't get to hear last week's show, I really want to encourage you to listen because this one builds off of last week's. So this is part two of For As a Man Thinketh Within, So He Is, and the power of our thinking and how our thinking affects how we perceive ourselves and those around us and the power of affirmations. So we talked last week about the brain, the structure of the brain, how our brain works, and how powerful language is, and that our, our brain is a language-based center. And so it is so affected by our word choice and our tone and the quality and the quantity of speech. It affects our entire being, our entire body. And so the power of positive thinking is a lot to do with the effect neurologically and a chemical response that our brain and our body has to words. And so the more positively we think, the healthier our system is. And of course, I always want to give this disclaimer that we're not going to think just positive thoughts that are not based in truth. That, that does not help us. That is deceitful and our, our, inner, our inner being knows that. And so it just creates a lot of perplexity and, and um, upset when we try to profess untruths. And so when we talk about positive things, what we're understanding is that it isn't that everything is positive. It's that we have a good God that always is positive and brings positive things to our life. And even if we have tragedy because we are in a world that has fallen and we are fallen and we make mistakes, God is always doing a good thing. And we have verse after verse after verse of God reinforcing 
how affirming he is as a God and how many verses he gives us as affirmations. So I want to take just a couple of minutes and talk about the creative mind and and success and, and understanding that fear brings failure and faith brings success. So fear brings failure, faith brings success. And some of this is done by um, Ernest Holmes. Uh, he's an amazing writer, and, and he, he's author of The Science of the Mind. And so there are some very powerful things that, that the world is, is drawing from the Bible, even though they don't always give credit to the Bible and credit to the source. Science is now finding out exactly what God has told us from the beginning of time, and that is the power of words, that he spoke the world into existence and that his son is his words in the flesh. So I want to make sure that my flesh is walking out the appropriate words of my soul. How do I do that? That's a powerful thought, that my flesh is reflecting the words of my soul, of my mind. And so when I'm thinking correctly, appropriately, positively, truthfully, my body is going to respond. My behaviors are going to directly change. The way I perceive others, my ability to have more grace and forgiveness, latitude, to have to have more be more supportive, to be more accepting, will be more possible. And so, it's very important that you understand that fear, and God tells us, do not be people of fear. Fear not. I have overcome the world. And one of the most powerful things God gave me was this little saying I say to myself. I say. Lord, you have overcome the world, so overcome me as you have overcome the world. And he can overcome me. He can overcome my hardship, my sinful nature, my fallenness, the the mistakes I make, the bad choices that I've made. He can overcome those, so I am not to be a fear. So I want you to think about this. When we're conjuring up visions of ourself, of our world, that when we're daydreaming, and we talked a lot in the, last, uh, in the last show about dreaming and that God has created us as people of dreams. We dream things. God is a dreamer. And so dreams and visions, well, when we are actively dreaming nightmares and we are, we are dreaming of terrible things that are going to happen in our life. Oh, my gosh, what if that person does this? What if they say that? And dreaming up and conjuring up all these visions of the could be, should be, would be, ought to be. What happens is our body, our entire body, our entire soul starts to respond to this. And it says that for as a man thinks within, so he is. We start to walk that out. That's where we get that saying, self-fulfilling prophecies. It's no coincidence that our thoughts create things and we speak them into existence and we then walk them out. So we want to really understand that there's this deep knowing that whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. I love that saying. Henry Ford spoke that, that, that saying, that motto. He says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So it's important that we understand that there is no doubt, no fear, no wondering, because you need to know you are made in God's image. And he's happy that he created you. 
He's proud of you. Even if you made mistakes, he still owns you. He still will acknowledge you. He will still tell the universe that you belong to him. He will still call you by name. You are still his child. And so living with shame and guilt, a general inability to let the past go and forgive ourselves for the mistakes is one of the quickest and surest ways to keep ourselves disconnected from God. And as a result, miserable. So it's very important that you understand this power of forgiveness and that we need to have some self-forgiveness on an ongoing basis. I live with myself all the time. I need to live in a state of forgiveness because I need forgiveness. And God forgives me and requires that I forgive his people. Well, I'm one of his people. I need to forgive me. I can't do the, the positive thinking, the brainstorming, the dreaming, the truly creating and walking out God's plan for me if I am living in unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness is a negativity that hurts my brain and really harms my heart. And I want you to remember always that the, the disconnect about forgiveness means that somehow if I forgive myself or forgive another person, somehow it's okay now. You need to remind yourself that's not how it works. Forgiveness is only given if something needs to be forgiven. So I don't forgive something that's okay. I don't forgive something that's right. I, give, I forgive someone or something or myself if there's a wrongdoing so that I can start again. And so a positive affirmation over a misdeed is, I forgive myself. I forgive me. I messed up. I didn't do it right. I said it wrong. I did that behavior again. I lied. I stole. I gossiped. I, I swore. I, whatever it is that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yesterday, I speeded in my car. I forgive myself. If I don't forgive myself, we talked about this in the last, in the last show, that GPS in our brain doesn't know what to do with the negativity. It stalls out. It gets stuck. So forgiveness frees me to do new good behaviors. Unforgiveness holds me in bondage. So it's imperative that we operate in a spirit of forgiveness in order to create and affirm positively the truth about who we are. So quickly, let's go over this idea about affirmations. Because affirmations are affirming a positive. They're affirming or supporting and they're encouraging. And so we make statements that are I am, I can, or I will. And those statements then tell that GPS in our brain where to go. I am a forgiving person. I will forgive myself. I can overcome my last mistake. And that helps my brain do what God has created the brain to do. That's to make things happen and to create things. That enables your brain to operate and to function the way God originally designed it to do. So we're going to talk in the next segment 
about thoughts and the mind and what the Bible says about this. And we have our starting off verse, which is Proverbs 23, 7, that says, For as a man thinketh within, so he is. But the next 45 minutes of this hour, I'm going to go verse by verse by verse. So many verses in the Bible about thinking and about how we are to integrate it and how we are to work with God's Word and utilize God's Word on a daily basis, on a moment-to-moment basis, in order to truly change our internal world and make sure that our internal world then is reflected and given to the external world so that when we are interacting with the external world, we are giving them peace and joy and forgiveness and support and encouragement versus upset, malice, anger, bitterness, suspicion, and doubt. So we are letting God change our internal world by the renewing of our mind so that we are actually walking out in 2017 the person that God has originally designed us to be, walking out the plan that God has for our lives. So I'm encouraged about this next segment, and I want you to really join me again when we talk about thoughts and the mind. And for as a man thinketh within, so he is. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. Also visit my website, CynthiaHyatt.com. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm always glad that you joined me. And we are in the new year, and we are starting the new year talking about our mind, our thoughts, and how our thoughts are walked out in our daily life, and how powerful our thoughts are, and how much God talks about the mind and our thoughts, and the power that lies in them, and the power of words that are created with our thoughts, that our words create our thoughts, and what that does to our internal world, and how our internal world is then given to the external world. So I'm sure that you've been around somebody that's a very positive person, and you know how different you felt when you were around them. And then you're around a person that's a highly negative person, someone that beats themselves up, someone that's negative toward others, critical of others, suspicious of others, doubtful, skeptical. And how that feels, how those words affect you and affect your soul, your spirit. So we're going to take this segment and the next two and talk about I mean, I have so many verses, you are going to be amazed at how many verses in the Bible are about the way we think. So I'm going to start out with one of my favorite ones, and this is Romans 12:2, And it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Think about that for a minute. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So what does that mean? just that statement alone, what that tells us is the world is trying to conform us to the way the world is. And we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, not trying to change the world so that our mind is renewed. See, the world will be renewed as we are renewed. We, so when we are dealing with the world, it says don't be conformed to the way the world thinks. 
When the world is telling you that, oh, my gosh, it's terrible and it's horrible and everybody hates each other and it's never going to work out and be afraid. We're coming on financial collapse. We're going into to world wars. You know, there, there's all these different things that are happening in our world that can be very scary, that can be very overwhelming. And when you feel like your world is negative and you have people in your life that are negative, that are spiteful or hateful or gossip about you or malign you or are skeptical or critical, what you want to say is, I can't change that world. I can't change those people. I can change the way I think. And I can be renewed. My spirit, my soul can be renewed by my mind. When my mind is renewed, I am renewed. And it goes on to further say that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. This is very powerful. This is very important for you to understand. And we talked about this in the, in the last week's show. That if my mind is not renewed, if my mind is not acting positively, I can't discern God's will. I don't know what's right anymore. Everything changes when I allow myself to think negatively, when I allow myself condemnation of myself, of other people, when I continuously think negative thoughts that I'm not worth anything, I'm not wanted, I'm not loved, I'm unpopular, I'm unsuccessful, I will never be this, I will never be that, nobody will ever want me, when I continuously think those things, the will of God could present itself to me and I won't even recognize it. And if I do... I won't have the confidence to walk it out. I won't even know what's acceptable. I won't even know what is perfect. I will start to think that having uh, weighing a certain weight is perfect. I will start to think that having a certain amount of money, that's what's perfect. And then my world would be perfect if I have that house, if I have those, this people's um, um, accolades from this group of people, if I have this opportunity, then my world would be perfect. So when my mind is being conformed to the world. I can't perceive what is good, what is acceptable, what is God's will, and what is perfect. This is why telling ourselves the truth, and this comes directly from the affirmations from the Bible, which says, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. For I know the plans I have for you to prosper you, not to harm you, for a hope in the future. Ephesians 3, 20 through 23, I can do immeasurably more than you could ever hope for or imagine according to the power in Christ Jesus. Philippians 1, 6 says, I'm not done with you yet. I will complete the good work in you. We can be confident and positive that God is working within us even when we're not trying. He is working. So I want you to really think about it. Romans 12, 2 don't be conformed by this world. Don't let the world tell you how to think. Be transformed by God renewing your mind with his word. And then you will be able to discern the will of God. You will know what is good. You will know what is acceptable. And you will know what is perfect. Let's look at this one, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I mean, if that doesn't say it all, then we could end the show on that verse. 
That's an amazing verse. That says so much in just two sentences. Philippians, he's telling the brothers, he's telling us, listen, whatever is true, whatever is true. So if God says he is love, that is true. God said it. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is how we guard our hearts and our minds. We refuse to think about things that are untrue, that are dishonorable, that are unjust. Now, that's a difficult one because we have a lot of injustice going on in our world today, and it is really hard not to think about it and really hard not to talk about it all the time. So what's imperative is that even though we know these things are happening, it doesn't mean that we put our fingers in our ears and say, la, 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 la. It means that we counteract it with affirmations that we know from God, that God is still the ruler of this world. God still loves this world. He still loves this world, no matter how bad it appears, no matter how much disarray, no matter how much unpeace we have, lack of peace. He still loves his world. And that is true. So I can think on that thing, that in spite of what I see in our country, all the racial problems, all the dishonesty that we see, all the disconnect that we see, the bad things that are happening, the mistreatment of individuals and families and people, God is still here because he lives in you, he lives in me, and I will think on those things. That causes me to perceive my immediate world very differently. It causes me to see people in my immediate world very differently when I believe and know that God loves his people and there will be justice. There will not be fairness. God is not necessarily a fair God. He is a just God. And there will be justice. And we can relax and count on that. And that's part of affirming our internal world. That's for as a man thinketh within, so he is. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about more verses about thoughts and the mind. Make sure you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. You are joining me in the new year, and I'm so glad. So I want to make sure that you can listen to the show in its entirety. So you can visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And also, you can uh, see me on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. And I love it when you communicate to me, and I love communicating with you. If you ever have ideas for shows, make sure you contact me through the website and just say, Hey, Cynthia, do you think you could talk about whatever it is that you want me to address. And I love to, if you need a keynote speaker for any of your organizations, I love to create a topic uh, for you, specifically for your organization, or there's a list of seminars and lectures that I give as well. So glad you joined me today. We are talking about For As a Man Thinketh Within, So He Is, Part 2. We talked extensively about the brain and the hardwiring of the brain in last week's show. Make sure that you uh, listen to that show And we are now really spending the next half hour 
concentrating on all the different verses and going verse by verse by verse that talks about thoughts and the mind. And we left uh, off in the last segment on Romans 12.2, Philippians 4.8. So let's start with Isaiah 26.3. And this is really a sweet verse. And it says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That is a very powerful verse. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That means that my mind can be at peace. My heart can be at peace. That when my mind is at peace, it translates down to my heart, to my gut, to my entire being, so that I am at peace because my mind is stayed on God. My mind is resting in God. My mind is trusting in God. And so we talked about peace, just concentrating on that word and what the thalamus, that walnut-shaped part of your brain does. It translates that word peace to all parts of your brain, which then translate it to the rest of your body. And you are then in a state of peace simply by focusing on the word peace. And so our mind is at perfect peace because it stayed on God. How about this? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. For we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to, de- to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. This is powerful. Because this is really about having a very tidy, clean, very structured, very confident mind. And that is one that I take captive every thought. And I don't let that thought raise itself against or above God and the truth of God. So when I have a thought like, oh, I'm a loser, I take that thought captive. I say, you know what? I'm not going to think on that thought. That's a feeling I have. Maybe I have a moment where I've done some loser behavior or done some stupid thing, said something stupid, acted in a stupid way, whatever it is. I'm not refuting the truth that what I did was not positive or right or good. But I am not going to think on that. I'm going to acknowledge the fact that I'm a mistake-making person and God loves me very much. And God is doing a good work in me. And he will complete it. And so my mind is stayed on God. So I take captive and I destroy arguments that try to tell me I'm a loser or a bad person or I'm, I'm not a, forgive, a, a person that's willing to be forgiven. Or all those negative things I might tell myself or that the world might tell me. I destroy those arguments. I take captive those thoughts and I think on the good thoughts of God and have my mind stayed on him. What does he say about me? It doesn't mean that the fact isn't the fact. But instead of but, it's and. So I did a bad thing and I am still loved by God. I made a mistake and God is still doing a good work in me. And he will complete it. And so I can be at peace knowing that God can manage my foibles. He can manage my mistakes. No matter how small, no matter how big. I have made lots of small mistakes and I have made big mistakes. And God has managed them all. And my trust is in him. That he knew me before I was formed. He created me in my mother's womb. 
and he says, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made, and he is doing a good work in me, and he will complete it. And I can rest in that. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy the mistakes. I don't. I don't like them. I struggle. I like to be, I would love to be a perfect person, I think. But God has a way, and God knows me. And I need to have my mind stayed on who Christ is and who Christ is in me. And that he's always doing a good work in me. So join me again in our last segment as we talk about Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9, 2 Timothy 1, 7, Proverbs, Romans. Join me again in the next segment. This is Cynthia I with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and glad that you are joining me in this last segment. So if you're just tuning in, I want to make sure you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can also find the podcast on Stitcher and on the uh, 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk website. So that you can listen to the show last week, which kind of started this show, and then this show this week in its entirety. So we are talking right now about thoughts and the mind and what the Bible has to say about our thoughts and what the Bible says about our mind. So let's look at 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. This said, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Well, that's our spirit. Now, our spirit is the thing that directly affects our brain. That, that part of us that goes to heaven, because we know our brains don't float to heaven. So our brains are like a, they're an organ, like our heart, like our gut, like our, our vascular system. Our brain is an organ. And so it's kind of like a, a computer. It's like I have my smartphone, I have my computer, and I tell my computer what to do. So it's imperative that when God says, you know, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I gave you one of power and love and self-control. So when we listen to our brain and we let our brain tell us what to do, our brain is just going to simply tell us whatever it needs to do to get out of pain, which is usually not a very good choice. So we need to tell our brains how to think. So we have this verse, James uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So we want to be stable people. What is that verse telling us? It's telling us, first of all, in Second Timothy, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and self-control. And what he's saying in James 1.8 is that if I'm a double-minded man, if I vacillate between those things, if I listen to my brain talk to me, all the random thoughts that it has, and I believe everything my brain tells me, I'm going to be a double-minded man, and I'm going to be unstable in all my ways. And instability has a lot to do with fear and anxiety. And so it's imperative I, that, that we really are disciplined in our mind. And I, I tell clients this frequently. I say to them things like, you know, you may want to challenge that thought. Or did you hear what you just thought? Do you know what you're thinking? And there are many times when I have to say, you know, okay, I, I'm thinking that thought. And is that thought helping me? Is that thought doing anything positive for me? And it may be a truthful statement, like I told you yesterday I speeded in, in a, on one of the streets and I caught myself. And so the, the statement is, you know, you're a speeder. You broke the law. This is true. But how am I to think on that? Well, I can say to myself, and I slowed down. 
and I'm working on that, and God is changing me. And so the fact is a fact, but the way I think about that fact directly affects how, how often I will continue in that behavior, how much self-condemnation and lack of self-forgiveness, and how much verbal beating up of myself am I doing. It has everything to do with how stable I will be. So a double-minded man unstable in all his ways. Well, if I let myself just think on the fact that I speeded yesterday and I started going down the road of, oh my gosh, and what if somebody saw me and I'm a terrible driver and I'm a loser and I, I have a radio show and I preach the gospel and, and I speed. Well, I will become very unstable. Instead, I need to stabilize that by saying, yes, I did and I'm asking for forgiveness and I corrected it and I'm moving on. And I'm knowing that God is helping me because I do, I have to admit, I do like to drive fast and I work on that one. And that helps to stabilize my inner man so that my behavior reflects that new stability. So we see, let's look at Romans chapter 7, verse 23. It says, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. So we see this James 1, 8, we have a double-minded person, unstable in all his ways. And in Romans, we see, wow, I've got this law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin. So I've got these two things that are going on inside of me. And the way I create stability is everything to do with how I think about what I'm thinking. And I know that sounds complicated, but you have to understand how complicated your mind is. You need to be aware of what you're thinking and not just allow your brain to generate whatever thoughts it it comes up with and believe everything that you think. And so when you hear yourself thinking in ways that are contrary to the way Jesus would speak to you, you need to say to yourself, I don't want to be double-minded. I want to think like Christ. Would Jesus talk to me like that? Would Jesus say that to me? Does that sound like the mind of Christ? And so it's imperative that we we practice this on a daily basis. We have Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, and it says, Put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what does this tell us? Put off the old self. Well, the old self is my mind that just does whatever it wants to do. My brain just thinks whatever it wants to think. And it thinks the way the world thinks. And it so easily thinks negatively. All the the latest neuroscience tells us that our mind is hardwired toward negativity. It's like gravity. Our mind just goes to the most negative thing. And it is judgmental, and it is condemning, and it is unforgiving. And it is negative. So we put off that old self, the former manner of life, the old way we used to think. And we have a renewed spirit that speaks to our brain and tells our brain how to think. And this is created after the likeness of God. How about this? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every captive thought. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. So God tells us again in 2 Corinthians 
He says, destroy every argument and lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. So if there's a lofty opinion out there that is giving you the impression or saying specifically to you that you don't measure up or you're not good enough, or that's the feeling that you get, that you don't measure up when you are around this group of people or when you go to work and you start to think, you know, I'm not good enough. They don't like me. I don't fit in. There's something wrong with me. All those obscure, ambiguous, insecure thoughts. You say, I'm going to destroy, destroy that. Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And I'm going to take captive that thought and make it obedient to Christ. That that is not what God thinks about me. That's the one that's the most important because that's the one I'm going to go live with for the rest of my eternal, for eternity. These people have thoughts and feelings every day. Sometimes people like me one day, the next day they don't like me, then the next day they like me again. I can't have my mind, my self-worth, my self-image, my security based on those external things because those people are changing all the time as well. And so let's think of this. How about Matthew chapter 15, verse 11? It says, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles this person. So it's not necessarily what I take in. There's a lot of defiling things as I go through my day. On the radio, on billboards, things that people say to me, things I hear, whatever it may be. Lots of things can defile me. So it's not what goes in that defiles me. It's what comes out that is defiling. What do I do with all that information? What do I do with the information that comes in? And what do I do with the information that I create? And does it defile me? Does it lie to me about who God tells me I am? And so let's look at this. Proverbs seventeen twenty two: A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. This is one of the most prolific verses about the effect of our thoughts on our bodies. Our thinking directly affects us at a cellular level. A negative thought directly affects my immune system, affects my entire being. And this verse, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Now, please don't take this out of context and say that if we just have positive thinking, we can overcome cancer or whatever that is. But what we do know is that the, the disposition of a person that is battling a physical ailment of any kind, an injury, a disease, the flu, a cold, the way I think directly affects the healing process. And it also directly affects my experience of that injury or that illness which is directly related to trauma. And so how I think, what I do, what I tell myself, directly affects my body. Let's look at Proverbs 3.5. This says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So what does that tell me? Simply for me, this verse says to me, would Jesus talk like that to me? Is that something that Jesus would say? Would God say that? Because there's a lot of things that, that make sense to me. But God is saying to me, please trust me. Trust in my heart. 
Have your heart trust in my heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. So when I go into a group of people and I'm, I'm feeling like, wow, I'm really not being very well received. They don't really like me. I must have messed up. I don't look right. I don't act like, right. Whatever it may be. And I start whatever that is. God says, trust me, Cynthia. Trust in me. Don't lean on your own understanding of this situation. You don't know half of what's going on. You have no idea what's going on in these people, what their experience is, what their thoughts are. So trust in me. I'm helping you be the person that I have called you to be, and that's the only thing I want you to focus on. Who do you need to be in this moment? What is your best version in this moment? How can you be true to yourself? And so how about this? I love this. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. So when we have heartache, when we have upset, when we are confused, and, we, and God is telling us, do not lean on your own understanding. He says, you come to me, you ask of me. You will find me. And when you knock, I will open up an opportunity. I will open up an option. I will open up an answer for you. And Jeremiah 29, 11, I love this. This is how God really wants us to think. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is where our mind needs to rest. That there is a future and a hope in every moment of every day. And that God is going to fulfill his promises that he made to us and to his world. And that he is a good God and that we can trust him. And that he is not expecting us to be perfect people. He is expecting us to take advantage of Jesus, to take advantage of the life of Christ and what what Jesus has done for us. He is expecting us to take full advantage of Jesus. So I want to encourage you today that I want to encourage you with this this wonderful verse that says, in Romans 7.25, says, Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind. I serve the law of God with my mind, even though my flesh wants to serve the law of sin. So this is what we walk away with, that I myself serve the law of God with my mind. Well, blessings to you. I look forward to talking to you next week. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Have a blessed week and really guard your mind and your hearts in Christ Jesus. This is Cynthia Hyatt with 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.